We're going to be South Side regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like the fantasy island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Side. It is another wonderful episode of the South Siders. Uh, but this time it's a little different. I'm Gabe Ramirez. And I'm joined by the one and only the producer extraordinaire. No, it's not Shane Reardon, even though it says that on the bottom of the screen. It's my man, Tyler. Let's just first and foremost go ahead and talk about the last couple of games. Of course, the White Sox losing three of their last four to the Baltimore Orioles, which is just, man, like, yo, Tyler, I've seen Sox fandom, you know, really be disappointed, you know, over the first couple of months of the season but never in the way that I've seen him over the weekend, bro. It was like absolutely like it was almost as if, you know, how like during like the presidential race, you almost got to like turn off Facebook because everyone's just so upset and you're just reading the same things, the same statuses and stuff. That's how I felt about Twitter over the weekend yeah. as I was watching the White Sox play the Baltimore Orioles, man. It was brutal. I mean, I lost a ton of money. Like, you know, I gamble a lot. I'm always betting on everything. And, and uh, I definitely lost some money on Friday when they are, excuse me, Thursday, when they lost that first one, it was just like, I, I don't even know what to say, you know, cause, cause I'm, I'm the guy, Tyler, where, you know, me, you produce yeah. a lot of my shows. I, I, my home, my heart beats hard. And then there was one tweet in particular that stood out that really hit home for me. And it was like, if you are not, if, if you're still not upset at these Chicago White Sox and furious, you're like something is wrong with you. And I thought to myself, and I'm sitting there looking and up because I, I just wasn't furious, right? I was more so like, all right, man, we just we've hit a bad rut. Things aren't going well. But when I read that tweet, it really hit home for me. I mean, I I know how you feel about the White Sox, but are you at that point right now where you're just extremely furious? about what's happening i mean you have to be furious as to what's going on with the white Sox now because i mean coming into the season they were the favorite to easily win the division and now it's like the division's up for grabs and just with how like their whole season's been like a complete disappointment it's just like now you're just kind of lost yeah as a Sox fan. What if your what if your boys, like what what are your, you know, saying like your sports circles that that you kind of like navigate through? Like what what do they say? Like are there some like super haters amongst your boys that are like just trashing the Chicago White Sox? Like what are those conversations like with your friends? Well, you know what's fun? It's like a lot of it is the fans over at <laughs> the score. And right. they are just they are just furious with the White Sox. Like uh I was talking with Studs the other day while we were working over in the studio the other day. Sure. And he's just like, is this rock bottom right now? Or can like he even tweeted it? He's like, is that. there he's like, is there even lower than a rock bottom for the White Sox right now? Because he's like, I feel like there's like more of a rock bottom than like what is going on right now. And that's what it feels like. It really does feel I mean, maybe it's the it's rock bottom with expectations. Right. I think it's that point. Like it's more like hitting hitting reality where you're saying yeah. to yourself, like, wow, we're not a good or the White Sox are not a good baseball team. But when you look at their record, I mean, they're still hovering around 500, you know, hovering around. They're not at 500 or near it. They're just hovering around it to where it's not like they're 10 games back or, you know, anything like that. I mean, so to me, that's look at me. Look at me. 
oh my God, I just did it. See, I'm not furious. I'm trying to justify this White Sox team and what's happening. But I mean, just going back to Thursday's game, getting shut out by the Baltimore Orioles is embarrassing. I mean, uh, they have zero aspirations to make in the playoffs. They have, they, they, and you threw Johnny Cueto out there. God bless that man's soul. He's pitching so well for the Chicago White Sox. But in that particular game, I mean, it's like he was just battling and they couldn't put together any offense. And it's not – people could people could lean on the injuries. But, I mean, if you go look at the lineup from Thursday's game, because that's where we're starting with this whole thing. I mean, you st- you're, one two, you're one through five. It was still Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, A.J. Pollock, Jose Abreu, Jake Berger. I mean, those guys were still in the lineup, and they couldn't produce any runs. I mean, they all had hits except for A.J. Pollock, but – I mean, it just it, again, it's about timely hitting. It's about getting them together, but, but they just can't do it for whatever reason. And, and and against this team, and I just and then at home, it's just like embarrassing because you're at, you're at a homestand where you say to yourself, okay, what was everybody saying a couple of weeks ago, Tyler? Oh man, don't worry about it. The White Sox got the easiest record in Major League or easiest remaining schedule in Major League Baseball. Like they're gonna go ahead and start with then they you know took care of the Detroit Tigers. Thought they're gonna do the same thing to the Orioles. And then you're like, you get like bounced back to reality. And you're like, damn, like what the fuck is going on with the Chicago White Sox? And it, the coach is not making it any better. It's like the shit that they're saying is unreal. Like, hey, man, don't run to first. Don't run hard to first anymore because we want you to save your legs. Like, when have you ever heard anything like that from a major league baseball team? Right? Like, when have you ever heard like, that's something that you get benched for if you're not running hard to first base. And now all of a oh, sudden, yeah. they're preaching like, yo, it's okay to do that. It just no. – it's like, oh, bro, it's so disappointing. So far. Like, what did you think when you heard that? The, you know, the manager and staff saying like, hey, man, the veterans, their legs are important. We need them healthy. See, that's just the most dumbest thing I've ever heard, dude. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because this is the thing. I mean – Fans had the right and the reason to start those fire pony chants. Sure. Because, I mean, I mean, this is a talented roster. Like, they built this roster up solid to, like, they were in, like, win now. Yeah. Like, season, which, un- which is understandable because, I mean, it's been a while since the Sox have been, like, a relevant team. In sure. A bit. And then you bring in a, a new uh, Hall of Famer as of Tony LaRusso or like soon to be Hall of Famer. But it's like, this is what, like at, at this point in the season, it's like. It's, fire him, bro. What? Fire him, dude. Just fire him. You're, you're like, like your team's not playing well. You're, you're not, you're not playing. Not only are you not playing up to your potential, but you just, these guys don't have the spark that they need. And for whatever reason, people continue like we're doing right now, putting the blame on Tony LaRusso. Like that's the issue right there. I mean, these guys need to step up. I mean, look, game two, White Sox, Orioles, Michael Kopech. If I tell if I tell you, Tyler, if I'm like, yo, Kopech pitched six innings, gave up three runs, you would think, you would think if he went six innings and only gave up three runs, you would think the White Sox offense would be able to come through, especially against a bullpen game that is exactly what the Baltimore Orioles threw out there. I mean, no one pitched over three innings for the Orioles. There you go. If I, if I told you that, Kopech pitched six innings, only gave up three runs, and the, the Orioles, not one pitcher lasted more than three innings. You'd be like, oh, White Sox won. And they and they still couldn't put up any runs. I mean, 
It's embarrassing what's happening. One run in that instance. And then again, you're talking about the lineup. Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn. And then you got Luis Robert in the lineup with a Bray Pollock. Burger down a little bit further. But, dude, it was a one-hitter. A one-hitter? Like, uh, with a bullpen game? Like, are you serious? Like, this is when you have to say to yourself, listen, these players need to go ahead and accept responsibility for what's happening. I don't want to hear Jose O'Brien saying, you know what, locker room's still good. People still want to play hard for this guy. No. No. Just like you have to get rid of Nagy in order for the players. To, like, look, you, anyone that's on the Bears roster right now understands that they're playing for their future, right? Nagy's gone. The, the, your boy is no longer there, right? Then the, right. The, the guy that got your back. So then it comes to the point now where you have to play. You have to play up to, to your contract in order to make sure you're going to be sticking around for a long time. And the White Sox need that. I mean, look, look, we know what we got from Tim Anderson, right? <clears throat> and you know he's the man at the top of the order. Andrew Vaughn's been playing phenomenal baseball, too. You know, Luis, you know what these guys are capable of. But if no one's there, really, I've said it all the time. Some people need a kick in the butt. Some people need a pat on the back. And it's the manager's job to understand what they have to do to each individual player to get the best out of them. And clearly, something is not clicking. Something is not happening in that locker room in order to get these guys playing. Like, like how do you get – okay, Tyler, ask, answer me this. How do you get embarrassed on the first game of the series, 4-0, and not come back guns blazing in game two? That, that's the thing that never – I understand. I saw when I saw that game, I'm like, wow, this is a shit show. And then I would figure, okay, you're in your home, your home field. You would figure you blow that game one. Okay, that's fine. You're gonna come back and take the rest of the series, I would expect, but like there was like nothing being changed about that. Like no they didn't fire. do any changes. No, there was no fire or no nothing. Like I don't it's it's just it's such a odd thing that LaRusse is doing with this team right now. And then you go to game three and you say to yourself, some, someone, you know the phrase, bet the house? Someone literally probably bet the house that the White Sox were going to win game three. They're like, yo, there's no way in hell we're losing three straight. Or the White Sox are losing three straight to the Baltimore Orioles. You got Lance Lynn on the mound. He's a dog. He's going to put this team on the back. He's going to be the the streak breaker, and then they're going up against Spencer Watkins, who he's got a, a, a above five ERA, and you're just like, this is money in the bank. Someone, li- someone, I don't want to say literally, but someone lost their mortgage. Someone lost their mortgage payment betting on that on that game right there. I guarantee it. But Lance Lynn couldn't even do anything. I mean, I, I felt in that game, they held Lance Lynn in just a bit too long. I think it was. I think it he was six innings. Yeah, he pitched six innings, yeah. but it it was like a, a one too long for me. He did six and a six and two thirds. So in the seventh inning, first of all, I mean he wasn't the guy's still coming back from injury, right? But but not only that, I want to go ahead because I want to pull up the exact moment because I remember looking at this uh, the day of. So if we go to the seventh inning, all right, Ty, we're yeah. sitting there. And top seven, you got Tyler Nevin flies out to right. So you get the first out of the inning. Then Lance Lynn hits Robinson and Chirinos. He hits them. All right. So your control is obviously not there. You just hit a guy. But they leave him in. I get it. He ends up getting the second out. 
Jonathan Arau, he ends up lining out the center. So you got two outs, but then you walk George Mateo, right? So you've hit a guy, and now you've walked um, Jorge Mateo. Like, that's it. Your night's done, dude. Like, you sh- that, that right there was the moment that I felt like Tony should have taken out Lance Lynn. But, of course, they leave him in the game a little bit longer. Cedric Mullins uh, reaches on an infield single. And then they still leave him in, even though Cedric Mullins reached on the infield single. At that point, I mean, geez, how long are you leaving these guys in? What are you trying to do? Let them get out of a situation? Of course not. So he continues to let them pitch. And what happens? He hits another guy. Trey Mancini with the bases loaded. Brings in another run, and of course, that's when Tony Larusa makes the pitching change to bring in Jose Ruiz, who then gives up a double, right? Because now he has to come into the game, Tyler, with bases loaded instead of coming in with two outs and two men on. I mean, it just seems like those are simple moves that anyone that's watching a baseball game or has played at any level, little league, high school, college, majors, they understand that you left Lance Lynn in there a little bit too long, and by that point, it's six to one. And the guy who put his mortgage literally on the line, thinking that the White Sox were going to win, now he's trashed because of it, dude. It was just like, it's just mind blowing. See, after the first hit by pitch, I would have just, I would have pulled him because he already, he was already in for so long, and like leaving him in for those two extra pitch, like pitches, that's what totally sent the Sox out of a chance of winning that game. Of course, because it was, it was so close, and then they let, then that was that. What three RBI double? That's what like oh, man, that was that was brutal. I was having to pull the highlights for that, and I was just like, "What <laughs> in the hell just happened?" Dude? I'm, I'm sorry like, you is... had to do that. <laughs> dude, I'm I mean, so if it made it easier, it was at least I had to get the scoring runs, and it was just three of them on one place. So I was like, "Okay, that makes right. it a little bit easier." But I mean, at least I get to turn off. At least I get to turn off the TV. I could just be like, "I'm done." Yeah, you can just it. like I'm. Yeah, oh, right. I, I'll wait till tomorrow's game. And then, obviously, you know, Sunday's game tonight, you know, we almost blow it in the ninth. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And then I know someone else bet their mortgage on the minus one-and-a-half run line because Dylan Cease was pitching. Who, by the way, we'll get to the, the pros in a second and, and making, you know, uh, shining some light on some positives for the Chicago White Sox. We'll do that in a second. But we got to talk about the fact that, you know, when Kendall Graveman comes in, you know, and just, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's like – they almost lost that game. They could have easily lost that game. It wasn't you know, a close one. It, it, right. It, it, it just, you know, you, you figure when Dylan Cease is on the bump, you know, when he's giving you 13 strikeouts, I mean, that's when you got to play well. Everyone, top to bottom, not just the offense. I mean, that game should have been, you know, there should have been an offensive explosion that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you haven't put up any runs against the Baltimore Orioles, like, statistically speaking, you would have eventually put up you know, a seven spot, something like that to help out. See, with, with Anderson coming back, I was expecting a little bit more of an offensive explosion from the yeah. White Sox because, I mean, come on, he was like a majority of the offense. I mean, granted, Berger was stepping yeah. in at the time, but, I mean, I figured with Anderson coming back, I figured, okay, the Sox can get back on track. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's what just, you thought. It was yeah. a huge disappointment. <laughs> but that's been the case all year long, right? Where right. our expectations are exceeding is re, exceeding reality, right? And, and what we're what we're seeing, and which is what I, why I mentioned the tweets in the beginning of the podcast, is that people are really out here, like find it's finally hitting home, not just for those naysayers, but for everyone, where every single person is saying like, 
do we dare use the O word and say that these White Sox are overrated? Because when you look at Major League Baseball as a whole, and if you just, if you just were to go look at the standings right now and say to yourself, okay, well, what team is underachieving? There aren't many. There aren't many. It's the White Sox. That's it. Like every other team that's supposed to be doing well this year is doing well. The Yankees are doing well. The Twins, who people knew were going to be competing for the division, playing well. Houston, perennially playing well, doing the damn thing. Then you go to the American or the National League, you know. At, okay, Philly. Philly, I guess you could say that'd be like the only team that is like underachieving with the payroll that they have, but they're still above 500. And then when you look at the NL Central, I mean, they no- actually surprised me a little bit. I wasn't expecting because they didn't have a great season last year. So, but they're doing a lot better than I was expecting to do this. Year. Well, that's why they no, fired so. Girardi, right? That's why they fired Girardi because they felt like they should be doing even better than that. But right. I mean, you know, the Dodgers, San Diego, I mean, San Fran, I mean, all teams that are playing up to the potential. And the only one that isn't, the only team in all of baseball that is underachieving to the nth degree is your Chicago, is our Chicago, my Chicago White Sox <laughs> right now. And it's it's extremely disappointing because, listen, from a fan's perspective, you say to yourself, Tyler, okay, well, what can they do? Or what is going to be the turning point? And like you said a second ago, you said it. Well, Tim Anderson came back. Lance Lynn is back. You know, you got Robert back in the lineup. You, you can't tell me you're waiting for Edo Jimenez to turn the damn thing around. Of course not. That's not what it is. So you guys are there. And let's not forget, you know, you were complaining about the fact that Yasmani Grandal wasn't playing well and that was contributing to your team not performing at a, such a high level. Well, Sebi Zavala's playing phenomenal baseball over the last couple of weeks or so. So definitely want to highlight some things because I don't want to just poo-poo on the team the whole time, right? Because I, <laughs> I still got love for the squad. Um, so I definitely want to, want to talk about uh, Zebby first off because to me, he's been a shining light. He's been a shining light on this team over the last couple of weeks because there has been zero productivity from the catcher's position, whether it be uh, <laughs> Reese McGuire or uh, or Yasmani Grandal. I mean, it has been absolutely dreadful from the catching position. But Zebby Zavala, I mean, I think he's batting over 300. or Now he's batting 286. He was batting over 300 a second ago. And he got one homer, but damn, 286, much better than anybody else in that position. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, he was doing well, you know, last year. He, actually, damn, he only batted 183 last year. What year am I thinking about that I saw Zebby come in and, and play well? But either way, he's been doing good enough for me as of late. And then, obviously, you got to give some kudos to Dylan Cease. What a dog, right? Dude, he, he, pitched, a hell, he, he pitched himself a hell of a game. Today, I mean, just to get them out of that, to avoid the sweep, I mean, he did exactly the power. But you brought up the catchers, and I wanted to ask you this as a, sure. as a true White Sox fan, because I got this asked as being a Cubs fan, is with the Cubs and their situation, what would you think about a trade of sending Contreras to the south side? Ooh, don't get me excited like that, Tyler. <laughs> Why would you even put that thought bubble in my brain like that? That's you, something... you you can thank Cody Decker for that because he brought that up to me. And I'm like, well, as a, as a Cubs fan, I would not like that. But as Cubs, a Sox fan, it makes too much sense. Right. Cubs fans are tired of us winning the trades is what basically is going on over there. So you're like, I'm done giving you guys 
the meat and potatoes while we get the, 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 the broccoli and the beans, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you really are tired of doing that, but damn, if we can get what, I mean, first of all, you'd have to give up way too much to get Wilson Contreras, but I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it. I mean, I wouldn't mind giving up some prospects or maybe even like, uh, cause the, the thing is, what would you guys want to return? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the bullpen, you, I don't know what, right. you don't know what the hell's going on in the bullpen over Right. I mean, you, you guys would want a starting pitcher. So what? We'd have to give, I mean, obviously, I don't know numbers and, and contracts and stuff like that. But in my mind, I'm thinking guy like Reynaldo Lopez, right? Someone that could be a starter for you guys yeah. and who, who's a, a proven starter in, in, in the majors and has been pitching really well this year. And I'm sure he'd love the opportunity to go five, six innings as opposed to just getting spot starts and, 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 and lengthy reliefs in that sense. And then when you're talking about the rest of the roster, hold on, let me just go. Now you got me excited. You you genuinely got me excited with that one because Dude, I would be, I mean, it makes too much sense for the White Sox, but I would be so mad just because Contreras be. is like, I mean, I, we, the Cubs you know, get a lot. How about this? How about this? You know who I'd give you guys? Wow. Sox fans might hate me for this one. I'd give <laughs> you guys Reynaldo Lopez and I'd give you back Eloy Jimenez. Look at that. Look at now you now you like it. I I now, wish you were the GM. I wish <laughs> I, I wish I was too, because I'd give up Eloy and I'd give up okay. Reynaldo right now. Because see, the reality is this we got a bunch of arms in the bullpen. You know, we love Reynaldo Lopez, but Vince Vince Velasquez, you know, not as good of a pitcher, but he ate up two innings today or uh, the other day. I mean, so so somebody like that, I mean, you you know you can replace his innings with someone like Vince Velasquez. And Eloy Jimenez, I mean. Listen, he's he's you gotta you gotta call a spade a spade. He's injury prone, right? So I mean, if he can't get on the right. field, then he's he's no he's no value to us. And if we're considering playing, you know, we're gonna have a platoon in the outfield. I mean, we already got you know our guys out there as is. So I mean, I don't know, man. I I don't hate that to be very honest with you. I don't hate it. Elo Jimenez. We should start that rumor. We work. I mean, we can throw, I'll throw. I'll throw it out on the uh, social media. <laughs> Yeah, but this will be this will be the promo right here. <laughs> yeah, Eloy and Reynaldo for uh, Contreras. Contreras. You guys already, know. you guys already took Kimball from the Cubs last year. We don't, we didn't, we and we quickly got you, rid you, of him. You borrowed him. Yeah, we quickly got rid of him. Yeah, but you guys got Danny Mendick. Or excuse me. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. One more time. You have to. Yeah. Right, right. We got Danny Mendick. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> Uh, two strikes. What, why, why is it slipping my, my, my mind right now? See, now I'm going to go ahead and go ahead it was, and Google. I, I, all I can remember was it was for a shortstop. I don't know why I'm going blank on the, the fucking name. I know. Oh my gosh. Why am I? It's got to be an edit of the damn thing. Craig Kimball trade to the Sox. It was trade Sox Cubs. I'm gonna Once I see his name, I'm going to be like, Nick Madrigal. And I was like, why did oh, that not duh, remember Yeah, that? that's yeah. right. Why did Because he hasn't yeah, played in so long. Because he hasn't played in so long. That's why I feel like it's throwing me off right now. All right. So, but again, Sox always seem to win the trades uh, when it comes to the, the when, they're, when they're switching players with the Cubs. And again, I would love something like that. Now, I'm going to get dr- dragged through the mud for throwing Eloy in there. I know I am. But listen, I was the guy you that might. said. Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montas from the Oakland A's at the beginning of the season. He did you see what he did the other day? Almost pitched a no hitter. They pulled him out. The Oakland A's manager, two outs in the ninth inning, 
right? Two outs in the ninth inning. They're about to win. It's one to nothing. They're playing, I believe, like the Mariners or something like that. It's one to nothing. Ninth inning, two outs. They change the he, – he, for some odd reason, he changes the pitcher with two outs already, and then the, the pitcher proceeds to give up two runs, and they end up losing two to one. Frankie Montas doesn't get the, doesn't get the victory at all, but pitched a gem in that game. I know, and that's that's what I feel like we need. We need more guys that can be shut down type um, pitchers on our roster, so that that way, because obviously our, our offense is struggling. I mean, I guess that's what you're gonna say, right, Gabe? It doesn't matter if you guys can't hit the ball anyway, and that's what we struggled with last year in the playoffs against teams like the Houston Astros, where obviously they were a superior team offensively, and we couldn't put runs on the board against their pitching. But again, these are all pipe dreams. These are all things that we need, wish could happen. But the reality is this: the White Sox can't hit. The White Sox aren't pitching particularly well outside of Dylan Cease. And Michael Kopech is a, is a roller coaster ride. Lance Lynn, no one ever expected Lance Lynn to be any sort of anywhere near the ace that he had to be last year in the playoffs. And Lucas Giolito just hasn't seemed to find his rhythm yet. So, again, when you're talking about this team, you got underachieving offensive players. And then you got, you know, a, a pitching staff that isn't pitching up to their potential. The best part of your team is the bullpen. So, again, if you can move some of those assets, or maybe some younger guys in order to get something to give your team some sort of spark. That's the only way I can see the White Sox bouncing back uh, in order to – I'm, I'm not even saying win the AL Central. I'm talking about making the damn wild card at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, at this point, that's what the White Sox have to be shooting. Because, I mean, even LaRusso said it himself. Like, he literally just – he said in the postgame that he's like, he hopes that they're in, in the playoffs. So, I mean, you, that's all – that's what they're shooting for right now. It went yeah. from – Starting off as divisional favorites to eh, maybe we'll make the wild card. Over. Unreal. Unreal. Five and a half games out of the wild card right now. And the reality is, first of all, you're three and a half behind Cleveland, who is two games out of the wild card. So you got to jump over Cleveland, you know, to even get there. But the other teams that are in the mix are really good teams that are going to continue to win. Tampa Bay is probably the only team that I don't feel like. Uh, can can withstand the, the winning. They've just been so up and down all year. But Toronto's playing well. Boston's playing well. Those teams obviously in the mix for the wild card. And then also above the White Sox right now are the Texas Rangers, who the Sox lost a couple of games to as well during the season. So, again, I mean, five and a half obviously is super manageable, something that they can, you know, if they can just get on a, some sort of freaking win streak. Imagine if they didn't lose three, three of the four to to Baltimore, they'd be you know somewhere in the mix. I wouldn't feel as bad for them right there. But again, I, I, I I'm going to say it again. I do feel like they're going to turn the corner eventually. And and I don't know if that's high hopes or if I just genuinely you know what it is, Tyler. I I, I believe in the players, right? Okay. I can give a fuck about Tony Larusa. Fine, you're a shitty yeah. coach or a shitty manager. Like you're making bad decisions. Fine, right? But. I know who's on that roster. I know what kind of man Tim Anderson is. I know Andrew Vaughn is a dog. I know Jose Abreu and Luis Robert. Like, those guys love baseball and want to play well. I know Yohan Mankata wants to win. I know Jake Berger feels like he has a lot to prove. So when we're talking about the roster overall, like, those are the guys that I'm depending on, right? Those are the guys that I'm hoping are going to come through. Lucas Giolito, I, I know he's a great pitcher. I know he's going to do well. Kopech been pitching phenomenally the whole year overall and i know that he can come through lance lynn could eat up some innings to keep you in a game so that that way you can continue that streak so that that's really what i'm banking on when i say you know i feel like the white Sox still have an opportunity 
they're a bad team right now. I've said it a million times and it's true, but doesn't mean that I don't also believe that they can come back. And that coming back could start this week, starting Monday. They're going up against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who are playing some pretty good baseball as well. They're only a game behind us in terms of the wild card. Uh, on the mound, Lucas Giolito going up against Noah Syndergaard, who, who is someone who I wanted on our team. Tyler, I actually wanted the White Sox to go after him. I've heard his name. I remember hearing his name going around for going to the White Sox. Yeah. And he would have been a good pickup for Yeah. Why not? Throw 20 million at the guy for one year. I mean, that's what he ended up signing. Like a one-year deal for like $20 million. So for me, that seemed extremely manageable. But hey, wouldn't it? It's gonna be funny as fuck if Lucas Giolito lays another egg and here comes Noah Syndergaard pitching the gem. Which I mean, they're at home, and he's you know he's been healthy all season. He hasn't dealt with any injuries. So I mean, the problem is he's four and six on the year, but his ERA three point eight six. So four and six isn't his problem. It's the guys on his team. So he's maybe he'd have the same record over here. But I mean, let's look. I'm gonna go over his game log real quick because now now I got FOMO over Noah Syndergaard. Actually, we we did miss out, so there's no fear of it. But I mean, he has five strikeouts in three of his last five games. Not bad, but he's lost four straight. Jeez. And think about Shohei. I mean, even though he's not pitching the first game, I don't know if they're going to have him pitch in the series, but, I mean, he's coming off of an insane game the other day. He that's had. Let's the, the think with these Angels, though, is that they were absolutely killing it. And obviously, you know, they were on that 12 – 14-game losing streak. Yeah, it's bad. Something like that. So, I mean, they're like – they're just as inconsistent as the White Sox. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this oh, can yeah. be – this can go either way. It's just all depends on – to me, it's just all depends on what Angels team shows up. Yeah. And I think that, that you're right. You hit, you hit the nail on the head because it's two teams that feel as though they've been in a rut and they're trying to get out of it, right? They're trying to right the ship. And – the inconsistent play on both sides is, is, is just, what I'm trying to say is don't bet on these games because you just don't know who's yeah. going to win. Uh, but Noah Syndergaard, last game he pitched against the K, uh, Kansas City Royals, seven in the third, gave up five earned runs though. Geez, tough, two homers. Well, thing is, Sox don't hit homers anyway, so he doesn't have to worry about that against <laughs> us. Uh, game before that, pitched against the Dodgers, went four and two thirds, only gave up one run though. Took the loss in that one. Before that, Boston Red Sox pitched six innings, only gave up one run, got the loss in that one. And then he got lit up by the Yankees, who, to be fair, at the end of May were just on a tear. No one was touching them. But here's the game that was interesting right before that. His last win, eight innings pitched, Tyler. Eight innings pitched against the Texas Rangers, only one earned run, five strikeouts. I mean, that's the kind of productivity that you'd want on the Chicago White Sox roster if he was over here pitching for us. I'm sure it'd be a little bit better, but you got to talk about Giolito. That's the guy he's going up against. I mean, geez, what is, I, I, did you see the, I'm sure you did the press conference that he gave after his last outing where he kind of just bit the bullet and was like, yeah, man, I sucked. I did not pitch. I well. did see that. Yeah. that. I mean, at least he's came up straight with it because he did not. That game. But I yeah. mean, he just kind of really, to me, like kind of like fell off the edge this season because he was considered the Sox ace last season. Yeah, and you know he's it, just people. No, people, I was just saying he's just kind. Of, he just kind of fell it off. Fell off it, this season. 
yeah, I feel like people, you know, once they 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 started checking the gloves and, and checking everything, people started talking shit, saying that ah, see, you can't use that stuff anymore. So now you're a lot more hittable. Yeah. I mean, if if you're looking at, damn, this is brutal. But his last five starts, eight hits, eight hits, six hits, seven hits, eleven hits. Ugh, that's that. That hurts. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to his 2021. See if he even had any sort of stretch like that. Oh my god, absolutely not. Last year, Ty, he yeah. only gave up over seven hits, and this is all year. One, two, three times. Dude, to give up over seven hits only three times, and then all of a sudden in 2022, you've already you've already given up over seven hits three times, three times already. Jeez, and you have a you have, oh my god, he's got a, that, he's got a five ERA, man. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty just, bad. But it's, a, a, again, not something. It's not like I feel like he can't, you know, bounce back. And I don't know if that's the homer in me. I don't know if it's me believing in you know the White Sox players too much. But I mean, geez, he's only gone over six innings once. So I mean, ugh. man, it's like numbers don't lie, right? That's what they say. Men lie, women lie. Numbers right. don't numbers don't lie. And and when you're looking at these, it's kind of uh, it's hard to see it. But you know what? The good thing is this, Tyler. Hopefully, the White Sox can pull it off. Hopefully, on Thursday when we have Shane Reardon back, uh, we can go ahead and be talking about the White Sox winning streak. That would be phenomenal. And talking about the Sox being in a better position to go ahead and make that uh, playoff run. Let's do it. Yeah. So, again, if you if you guys are listening right now, make sure you go ahead and sign up and uh, follow us, Southsiders Podcast. On the Odyssey app, that's where you really should be listening to it at. Just go ahead and download that whole thing. Uh, we're still taking uh, questions from you guys at our Gmail account. Put that up there one more time for me, Tyler, so I can, everybody can go. see it. Southsiders670 at gmail.com. If you have any comments, concerns, or even if you think we're full of shit for saying whatever we're saying, we'd love to hear it. We have zero problem getting called out on that. Uh, but again, man, next podcast will be dropping on Thursday. Make sure you guys check that out. It'll happen after the Angel series. Uh, so again, you can follow me on social media, Chicago underscore Gabe. Tyler, what's your uh, what's your social media? What's your I know I gotta put mine in here, but mine's uh, at Tyler dash We gotta get that's too long. You gotta you gotta cut that. And down. the last name, no one can figure out how to spell. It, not, so I gotta put that. Not in there. A person <laughs> in the world is gonna figure that out. You gotta not a chance. <laughs> gotta come up with something more simple than that. All right, uh, all right, man. We'll talk to you guys soon. Um, hopefully next time there'll be some smiles on our faces instead of frowns and pure frustration. All right, we'll talk to you next time. It's Southsiders Podcast for 2400 Sports on the Odyssey Network.